Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. We are in 22 days of prayer as a movement right now, so there's lots of prayer meetings going on that are kind of above and beyond the normal around here, and so that's gonna be, that's happening right now. There's prayer going on just about every day in the prayer, prayer room, and, uh, and uh, just wanna encourage you guys to jump in with us and, and pray with us. I was on the phone with uh, Jimmy Seibert yesterday who leads the Antioch movement, and he was saying, you know, I don't know that, he said, this may be, the third most significant move of God I've lived through in my life. So where, the, where God's really moved and that we're in another one of those times. The Lord's raising up prayer. When he does that, man, things are, you know, you see when God sets his people to praying, it means he's getting ready to move in a new and fresh way. So, and then we're gonna finish up the month, then January 31st, February 1st and 2nd, with our own three days of prayer and fasting from food. And we'll have, again, more prayer meetings and, and finish with a big night of worship and prayer. But uh, again, that is like, that's, it's, for us, it's life, and you're free to do it. You're free not to do it, but lives are always changed more when we press in with and seek God in prayer and in that way. So like Claire said, we are in a third part here of a four-part series, Life on the Way. First two weeks, beholding Jesus and overflowing. And so I put, I put it in a sentence just so we could get it uh, here. Life on the way is about beholding Jesus who reveals the overflowing God. That's what we talked about last week. Who is gentle and tender. That's what we're talking about this week. And he wants us to abide in him. That's what we're talking about next week. So what, what passage do you think is coming next week? John 15 is right. Thank you. Oh, you knew. <laughs> but uh, yeah, abide in him. Okay, so uh, some trivia. Like, you can ask questions all the time during the sermon? No. Um, but, you know, these words were flowing for us from a prayer meeting a couple weeks ago with elders and wives. And uh, we, we heard the word for this week, uh, gentle and tender. And I'm throwing in kind, uh, gentle, tender, and kind. It kind of fits. It's okay. Kind of fits in there. And I think that this word about God, uh, last week we talked about overflowing, and even in the prayer meeting this morning early, we were over there in the prayer room, and, and somebody was praying, wow, gentleness, tenderness, and kindness is kind of like, that's a part of God's glory. That's a part of his overflowing heart for us. And you know what? We need this word. I'm just going to, everybody needs this word. Um, we've been through some hard times as Americans, as citizens of the planet, you know, in the last couple years, and we need a, uh, we all do, I, you know, I, we need a pastoral word that the Lord is gentle with us, like he's got all the power, and yet he chooses to reveal himself as gentle and humble and die for us on the cross to come and enter into our low position and to, though he's rich, for our sakes he became poor so that through his poverty, we might become rich. He became what we are so that we could become like him. And um, so it's, and I'll just say, in talking about prophetic words here for a second, the final word you're gonna, this is, this is always the word, every year, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
That's always the prophetic word. Ever, forever, always, and eternally, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the revelation of God, and he's always leading us deeper into the things of God. Just keep your eyes on Jesus, and it'll always keep growing in the Lord. He'll always keep taking you deeper into what God's really about and what he's really... There's no other, there's no other way to understand God. There's no, under, no other way to understand the gospel. There's no other way to understand the scriptures. Amen. I, you, you can read the scriptures in darkness and like the Pharisees did, literally miss God in the flesh standing in front of you. You've got to have the light of the world and he breaks and pierces into our darkness so that we can actually see. So we can't understand God or the gospel or the scriptures or life itself without Jesus. Jesus Christ, I'm just preaching Jesus for a second and we're moving on to this next thing. But Jesus Christ is the ground and grammar of theology. Like he's the solid ground, the foundation. He's, he's the grammar. It's like a grammar book. It's how you learn how to talk about God. Like he's the word. He is the word. He is the logos. He is the, it's where we get the word logic from. He's the logic of God. He's the logic of creation. Like it's all in and through and around and about him. He's how we learn to speak words and then sentences and then paragraphs and have thoughts that are meaningful, cohesive, and life-giving about God as he really is. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So he is the mystery, as Paul says, of God revealed. Keep your eyes on Jesus if you want to know what God looks like. He's the mystery of God revealed. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's Jesus. So here's the main thing today, is that Jesus wants us to see and know that God is gentle, tender, and kind, and bear witness to him with our lives together. We do this together in 2022. Okay? Sound good? Sound solid? <laughs> Not a shaky limb? Okay. Here we go. Let's uh, turn to Matthew 11. We're going to read the passage. You guys know this, but come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'm gentle. We're going to go through that passage. But before we get there, I want to just, just do a flyover of the, of the context here. So at the end of Matthew chapter 9, Kim, can you hand me those glasses? Um, this all is going to go better. <laughs> just a second with this. Um, so, y'all having fun? Isn't it great to be together? Yeah. So the context then is Matthew chapter uh, 9. At the end of chapter 9, Jesus is looking at the crowds. When he saw the crowds, verse 36, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So, so part of the context here is God's shepherding heart. Before he makes this statement, he's also going, I've got compassion on people that are just walking around just clueless in darkness, and they need a, a shepherd. They need help. They need this grace. And so pray for workers that will go out and actually show the compassion of God to the world around us. Chapter 10, then he actually sends out the 12. He sends out the 12 and he says, preach the gospel. 
heal the sick, raise the dead, you know, declare that the kingdom of God has come. And don't be ashamed of me. And I'm gonna just acknowledge you right before my father. Lay down your life and you'll actually find your life. That's what's going on all through chapter 11. And then in chapter, excuse me, chapter 10. Then in chapter 11, John the Baptist is in prison and he says, are you the one? He sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are, are, you, are you the one? Is this it? I'm sitting here in prison. I thought the Messiah was coming. We we're gonna flip things upside down. And he was, but it just didn't look like what he thought. And Jesus goes on and says, John's the greatest guy that's ever been born of women, but he's less than the least in the kingdom because I'm making everything new. I'm bringing a whole new reality. And this is what matters, this new reality in the kingdom. And then he finishes chapter 11 with some woes to Chorazin and Bethsaida because these, these cities, because they would not repent. So the context here, I'm just going to roll through this. This context for the passage I'm about to read is the shepherd's heart of God and then sending us out to preach Jesus in the kingdom and confusion about who Jesus Christ actually is and then a call to repentance. So it's in that context then that we read this passage that we're so familiar with. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? There's a context for this. Because it's so, it's, it's beautiful, but that's the context, is this call to repentance, confusion about Jesus, preaching Jesus, and the shepherd's heart of God. So here we go. Verse 25, if you would stand, please, for the reading of the word of God. Verse 25, at that time, so at that time, that's why I want to do the context, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to, be my, to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. Amen. So, so what we're doing here, we're, these two things we're looking at, we're looking at the word here from, from God about who he is and our response to that word. And so the first point there then is God is gentle and tender and kind. And when we read through the passage, one of the things that stands out to me first is that God is a father, right? That's one of the main ways that Jesus reveals uh, God to us is as a father. And I just, man, you, we don't get tired. We, we don't, uh, we all need that word. We need to know that God is a father, and he's a fa that's the, one of the main ways that Jesus reveals God to us. In 15 times in the Old Testament, God is referred to as father. But in the New Testament, a hundred times in the Gospel of John alone, Jesus reveals God as father. And, and that's, that's huge because we, wouldn't, we don't think that way. We don't think of a tender, kind father who's gentle 
we think in our fallenness like Adam and Eve. God is somebody that we should hide from, right? And so in our fears, in our anxieties, in our insecurities, in our sin, in our brokenness, we misunderstand the heart of God. And so Jesus has to break in as the light of the world to actually show us he's the son of the father and that God is a father and that this relationship, this revelation is not just that he's a father, but that he's a father in relationship with a son in tenderness and love and gentleness from all eternity. So that, I mean, he's relational. He's he's like you as in, in your best moment ever as a father, and then multiply that times infinity. You know, he's, a, he's good. He's trustworthy. Jesus came to, to, to help us to see this. What do you think of when you think of father? And we're all over the map in here because we had all kinds of different experiences. Could be good, could be loving, could be harsh, could be angry, could be don't mess up, do it right better do it right. You know, all those, all those different things are possibilities. But part of why we need the incarnation so bad is to see what the father's actually like. That he's a loving father with a son in relationship from all eternity. And out of the fullness of that love is how we begin to, in the face of Jesus Christ, see the glory of God as relational and loving and kind. Uh, he's, he's a good father who loves his children. And we live in this time where we need this word, man. I mean, we just, we need to hear that God is a father who, who loves us, that he's tender with us. And we're all just, you know, the, one of the clearest, uh, we're all adopted children in this framework. We're all adopted and yet we're adopted kind of like, uh, but with, with scars and wounds. If you think about an adopted child coming into a family, and maybe they've had a hard background, like wounds, scars, trauma. Doesn't that make sense? And so how is the father going to, I mean, welcome them in to this family? How do we learn how to come out of the bushes of our fear, anxiety, about God and to actually, you know, walk forward into his embrace. You know, Jesus tells one parable that primarily describes the father's heart. It's the parable of the loving father, or it's sometimes called the parable of the lost son, or sometimes called the parable of the lost sons. Mainly it's probably called the parable of the lost son. But, but I think of loving father when I, when I see that. Because the, the one son goes away, squanders the wealth, and, and then he comes to his senses, like Brian just said a minute ago, and the father's out there running to him, right? That's the father. He's running to sinners who are just making that turn. He's, he's, he's coming for us. He loves us. And then it's like a party when he embraces us. And, and then to the other son, you know, it's, the, it's how does the father love him? Everything I have is yours. You know, one guy's blowing it in sin and recklessness and blowing all the money and all that. And the other one's blowing it in his judgment that that son's not worthy of the father's love. 
And so it's just like, Lord, we need to, we need to be little children. He said, blessed. I praise you, Father. You've hidden this from the wise and learned and revealed it to, the, to little children. Let's be children. Let's take on the spirit of Jesus and the spirit of adoption and say, Father, we love you. We need you. You're good to us. We are just, we're just children. Help us to see. Open our eyes. Be children of the Father. Heal our wounds. Heal our brokenness. Lord, help us. Lord, just, oh, Lord, would you just release that at Antioch? Would you release it in the church in the city? Would you release it in the church in the nation and in the nations? Lord, heal us from our brokenness, our wounds. Just so quick, Lord, to uh, be the older brother, to be the younger brother, so quick. And you're so good, running to us. Everything I have is yours, embracing us, inviting us in. Thank you, Lord. So then Jesus says that next key phrase, he's talked about the Father, and that we see the Father in the Son. The Son's the only one who knows, and he's revealing the Father to us. That's sometimes hard for us to understand, but Jesus is where we look to see the revelation of the Father. And then he says, come to me. Come to me, come toward me. The, again, the Greek word there, we talk about this in John 1, 1 sometimes, but pros ton theon, it means, it means, pros means to turn toward. So come toward me, Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me. It's a, it's a, it's a turning. It's, it's another way of saying repentance. You know, come to me. Come from your way of thinking and come to me. And I'm going to show you what the Father's like. I'm going to show you how good he, he really is. I'm going to show you what a Father looks like. Come to me. And so Jesus is then revealing. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You know, just, uh, he's an overflowing fountain of gentleness. He'll never not be that. I am gentle and I am humble. There's a tenderness there that's beautiful. Anybody need some rest? Anybody need some just moving through a season of being weary and burdened? Then come to Jesus. You're in college, you're young adults, come to Jesus. Families, youth, this whole church, let's, let's come to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying to us. That's his word. And I just love that he's gentle and humble, like the all-powerful, sovereign God of the universe. However you understand that, and it gets twisted in our broken fallenness because we're thinking, remember, we're fallen, so we're thinking about God from over here in the bushes, and Jesus comes in his sovereign power, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and he says, I'm gentle, and I'm humble. And I'm kind, and I'm going to lay down my life for you. That's the way I'm going to use the sovereign power of the universe, is to suffer and to offer my life in love for you. It's, it's beautiful, man. Again, gentleness right now, I'm, I'm pulling this out. Three months or so ago, I did a sermon, and it had been a while since I talked about gentleness. I think gentleness is underspoken 
in our culture right now. Just, it's not getting talked about enough. I've mentioned the study from Baylor. This professor down there studied virtue ethics over the last 30 years and found out that gentleness used to be one of the virtues, but in the last 30 years, he's studying 60 top virtues, and gentleness now is off the list. It's, no, it's not on the top 60. Gentleness. Uh, we're talking fruit of the Spirit. We're talking about self-identifying character of God and gentleness not on the list anymore. So we need the word about gentleness to be the church, to be witnesses to what the character and heart of God looks like on planet Earth. Gentleness is just huge. And so then there's, he finishes with this, take my yoke, learn from me. I'm gentle, humble. You'll, learn, you'll find rest. Take, uh, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. So what is a yoke? A yoke is something like if you're going to carry water pails, you put on a yoke, you know, and, and it's like, you know, in olden times, we don't, we just go, <laughs> we go turn on the water. But uh, in old days, you know, or maybe someplace where they don't have running water, you put pails, fill pails with water, everybody's looking at me like, or, or it could be like an animal, you know, you put a yoke on, you know, and... Um, I don't know why I have to do all that stuff, but uh, so, you know, uh, and, and so it helps to do work. It helps to move forward. It helps to, helps us in life. Take my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now this is going to blow you away. Thursday afternoon, I was looking at the Greek on this, on this sentence and my yoke is easy. And I've never heard it translated this way, but the underlying Greek word is krestos. Krestos. And it is the word, the Greek word for kindness. My yoke is kindness. And my burden is light. Like what he wants to put on us is his kindness because he wants us to move forward in a way that's going to be best for us. Like he's, he's actually for us. There's lots of scripture about that too. But my yoke is kindness. It's easy. It's, it's, it's what's best for you. It's your best way of living. It's to be human. Like I made you to be human. I want you to flourish. And my yoke is kindness. And my burden is light. It's like, wow, kindness is gentle and humble, loving. It's like all of these things. You know, in the Old Testament, this idea of loving kindness is everywhere. And so it's the, the Hebrew word hesed. Now, I'm not saying it right. It's kind of chesed, you know, but uh, if somebody's a Hebrew speaker, you can say it, shout it out. Uh, maybe be careful because yeah, just anyway. Um, filter, filter, mostly. <laughs> um, hesed. So hesed's 127 times in the Psalms alone. You know, save me, oh God, save me in your hesed, your loving kindness. Fulfill your plan for me in your loving kindness. Uh, Psalm 118 verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. It endures forever. And so then Jesus comes and manifests hesed for us. He shows us what loving kindness looks like in flesh. And it includes us in this incredible plan of salvation, includes us in him. And for coming ages, it, coming ages, I'm just Ephesians 2, 
God, we were dead and lost in transgressions and sins, but God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive. Even though we were dead, he made us alive and seated us with Christ in the heavenly realms. And for coming ages, he will reveal to us the riches of his glory expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Like, so coming ages, we're going to be looking at the kindness of God that's been given to us. I mean, that's how, that is just, that's, that's amazing. God is gentle, tender, and kind, and he invites us into his gentleness and tenderness and kindness and to be trained by it. I, you know, gentleness, we think of gentleness as like rolling over, you know, but it's real similar to the idea of meekness. Think of a horse. So the word for gentle and meek is like a horse, a powerful horse with a bit in its mouth that can just move at the tenderest little, not even like it's, you're tugging on the, the bridle, but just tenderly and responding, being gentle, having power, but being gentle in our response and quick to respond to the Lord. So what is our response? To turn to Jesus, come to him, to say, yes, Lord, and to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in the world around us. We point to God. Here's the just real, we're looking to God and we point to God with our lives. We point to God with our lives. And so much of the exhortation in the New Testament, you look at the end of the letters and there's exhortations over and over again to be gentle, to be tender, to be kind. I mean, it's, it's there. So it's very practical for us to be gentle and tender and kind, to work this out in our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. So there you go. You start getting into the practical stuff in Ephesians, and he's, this first thing he says, be gentle, be humble with one another. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. Anybody been to a wedding? Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. This is what it looks like to live this way. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I'm just going through a few examples here. It's very practical. It's the exhortation, but it's coming straight from Scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Okay, so we've been united together in Christ. If any comfort from his love. If any common sharing, koinonia, fellowship in the spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, which is what rises in us when the spirit of God manifests his presence in our lives, is tenderness and compassion. So if you have that, tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Wow, that is like super encouraging. And so in other words, what I'm saying here is that in this whole message, it's marked out in the fruit of the Spirit as well. Turn to uh, Galatians chapter five. You guys, some of you guys probably have these memorized. But this is what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. 
Old, old NIV said patience. Now it says forbearance, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So again, like this is what it looks like to walk in the spirit. This exhortation that God is gentle, tender, and kind. It's like we're trying to manifest his life. We're trying to live lives that are so rooted in God that what grows out into our lives and the tree and the fruit of our lives is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So we want that kind of a life to mark us. At the end of Colossians, just turn a couple pages there. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Again, he's wrapping up the letter you know, your, your, your life is Christ, is what he's saying. So, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Put on compassion. Put on kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And, and I want to just finish with one more because like this is who God is and this is who God is in us and this is the call to action then. This is how we, we live out, we work out what's been put in us. We, we manifest this life that we've been given and nobody does it perfect. It's not like a new law, it's a new life. It, it's, he wants us manifesting this life in and through us. And so we'll finish with this one from Titus. Because what Paul finishes with in Titus is what happened when the kindness came. What happened when the kindness, literally says, the kindness of God appeared. You know, so here we go. Chapter 3, verse 1. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. Hey, everybody, be subject to rulers and authorities. <laughs> to be obedient. Be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to slander no one, don't speak evil of other people, to be peaceful, peaceable and considerate, and to always be gentle toward everyone. Oh, what a word, man. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, who is that? Who is that kindness and who is that love? It's Jesus, our Savior. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, But because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having hope, the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. I love it when Paul does that. It's like, oh, this was a good one. That was a good one. That was, that's, that's good. All that stuff, I just, that's awesome. And I want, to, I want you to stress these things so that those who 
have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These are excellent and profitable for everyone. So, you know, we're hitting this today, the gentleness, tenderness, kindness, that that's who God is, and he wants us to live that way. He wants us to point to God that way, but then also practice the ethic of the triune God in our own lives, to be people that act, you know, and we're not just passive about that. We're actually acting out of a radical salvation that we've been given, that we can't make happen. He saved us. When we were enemies in our minds and dead in our sins, God did this. And now he's calling us to live a life that, that's good, that, that loves and is gentle and tender and compassionate and humble and kind. So as we go into 2020, man, we've been through some hard years, right? Healing. <laughs> Got hands lifted toward me, praying for me in the name of Jesus. I was like, that's a deliverance word, man. Like, come out. Gosh. So, uh, it, it, you guys, this is, I know we, uh, not everybody was here a couple weeks ago, but I literally said that again. So just pray for me. Wow. Scars, wounds. My point, really. Lord, is that as we're coming to the beginning of 2022, praise God, um, these last couple years have been hard. You know, it's interesting. I've had a few conversations with people where, where, you know, 2020 was hard, but I've I've had people say 2021 was harder. And so some of that may be cumulative. I don't know, you know, but man, we need the the come to Jesus word. We, We need him. He just come to me. I'm gentle. But the stuff you're going through, I'm gentle, I'm humble. I've got a good plan for you. You're weary, you're worn out. I'm where you need to be turning. And not the thousand other things, the distractions. You know, you guys know, I I know. And it's, I'm in there with you, right? We're all together in this. And we need the Lord. We need the gentle touch of the Father that Jesus reveals to us. We need this God who loves us, who loves you. Come to Jesus out of the blaming and out of the judgments and into the Father's heart. And I I just want to emphasize again, we're all adopted children. You know, that's that's the, uh, and and so we we all have different kinds of brokenness. Think of an adopted child, but think how a father would love that child. And depending on your what, what you're walking through and the stuff you've been through, just know that the Father's going to meet you with what's needed for you. Uh, I was just talking with, with Jason, adoptive parents. You know, I've just been thinking about some of our adoptive parents and how would they treat a little adopted child. I've got a friend in Austin whose kids have been through some trauma, you know, like real trauma. And how does they, do they have to work with them? Yes, there's boundaries There's things that you don't do because it's going to hurt you, and you enforce that, but it's it's out of a heart of love, that God is good, and he's loving and kind, and just let the kindness of the Lord touch your heart today, just that really, that he's kind, you know? Uh, One of the ways Paul says it is his kindness leads us to 
turning to repentance, which is, again, what the context of Matthew 11 was, the shepherd's heart, the preaching of Jesus, confusion about Jesus, and repentance. So come to me, is what he's saying. Come to me. Let's stand up, you guys. Let's, let's just come to the Lord this morning. Worship team's coming up. We could go ahead and get some prayer team folks to come up to the front. And uh, again, I think what I'm saying, part of what I'm trying to say is that this, I think everybody, everybody needs ministry on this word at some point to see God as gentle, tender, and kind, and then to point to him with our lives. We're all adopted children, and there is not judgment for where you're at. Just, just come to him. Nobody here is pointing the finger at you. I'm just offering the offer of Jesus. Come to him. He loves you. So we need him. And it may be that you're carrying a heavy burden of some kind this morning, and he wants you to give that to him. You know, you're carrying something that's making you weary and burdened. Then come and get prayer about that. Are you weary and burdened? Come to me, and I'll give you rest. My yoke, remember the yoke is what? It's kindness. It's easy. His burden is light. So come to him. And maybe there's just some conviction about gentleness or kindness or the tenderness of God or that being expressed in your own life. Uh, I think we were praying back there and one of the things somebody heard was an exchange. Maybe you need an exchange, a wound for healing this morning or an exchange, an unkind view of the Father for the kind view of the Father. But whatever your need is, and again, everybody's, I know we're all at different places. Don't leave today without getting help. Getting somebody, front fills up, just ask somebody close by you. To, would you pray for me? Just place a hand on my shoulder. Pray for me. I need help here. And let's, let's, let's leave this place in a better place than when we came in. Okay? Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Father, meet us today. Lord, just for anyone that needs Jesus or needs to return to Jesus, start that journey or just whatever the need is. Lord, we, we we're coming as children today. I praise you, Father you revealed it to those who will be children. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come and get prayer, you guys. Press into the Lord. 2022, amen. Healing, exchange.